right, everybody. Welcome to Still Sober with John Rabin. Welcome back. Or welcome to, depending on if you've heard me before. This is episode 166. Um, on Wednesday, August 32nd, also known as September the 1st. Wow, September. Here we are. It's still hot here in Austin, Texas, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited because it's, uh, and even my wife is excited about it, but uh, we're about, we're eight days away from the start of NFL football. And uh, it it was <laughs> it was kind of interesting because my my wife was like, "Hey, when does football start?" And I went, "It's uh, not this Thursday, but the next Thursday." She goes, "Okay, good." I'm just I I want some normalcy, and I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for you to be obsessed with it, even though. And I I've, I've warned her. I've warned her that it's coming that it will not be like the previous years where I've talked a little bit about it and gone, oh, I can't believe it, blah, 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 blah. It's at a whole new level because of distraction, trying to distract myself from uh, current events and stuff. Just not distract, more like just obsess about so that that's what I focus on. And I know it doesn't mean anything. But it's just like, this is it. This is my soap opera. This is the, uh, did you binge anything on Netflix? No, I didn't. What I did do is listen to a bunch of old white guys talk about the ramifications of Mac Jones being the starter for the New England Patriots and Cam Newton get cut and what that's going to mean for the fantasy forecast of the receivers on the Patriots team and the tight ends and whether you should draft them or not in fantasy football. Or I listen to old white guys talk about the ramifications of Mac Jones starting for the New England Patriots and what that does for them in the season in reality as opposed to in fantasy. This is what I did all day today specifically. And the season hasn't even started yet. It's every day for me as a distraction while I'm at work because I'm actually doing stuff, but I'm just listening to podcasts while I'm at work and half my day, the podcast, like I listen to some comedians and I listen to some science stuff and then, but then the afternoon it's fucking football and this is how I go about my day. So... She may say she can't wait till it gets here, but I'll I'll keep you posted on how that that goes after week two. Once we hit week three of the NFL season, we'll we'll see how much she's you know appreciative of uh, you know Aaron Rodgers is looking pretty good, honey. You know, let me can we. Can you listen to me talk at length about uh, the status of all five rookie quarterbacks in the NFL and how they're comparing to each other and uh, whether or not my Chicago Bears drafted the right guy and whether they put him on the field or not? See, these are things that I know. I know some of you are like, Jesus, fast forward. 
I know. But this is where I'm at. But emotionally, I feel great. I'm having a good week. I hope you're doing good. If you're a sober person, I hope you're staying sober. And if you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. In these trying times, I am in... I'm recording the podcast this time. I'm at work. I'm at my warehouse. But I'm in the break room. Um, in case... If you have a really... I don't know what kind of... Uh, Bose headphones or whatever else you might be listening to it. I hope it's not too high quality to where it, it, you're sitting there going, is that a refrigerator humming in the background? It is. It is. And um, I work for a company that um, partners with another company and the other company owns the warehouse. And that company has a, a, a snack budget for their employees and they haven't told me I can't have any of their snacks and I haven't asked because I don't because if you don't ask you won't be told no like it it's it's harder for them to uh, it takes more effort for them to go hey don't eat those Oreos they're for our company not your company of two people because there's only two of us so it's like just just me it's just me mooching some of the snacks and i don't every day but when i do holy shit they're snacks guys like they've got oreos they've got ritz crackers they've got cheez it's they've got m&ms they've got sometimes they have chips ahoy like cookies like you know like the little packs of like like six of them or whatever i mean it's fucking fantastic and, and they have a box of chips. They have a box of chips here with the, the Lay's uh, sour cream and onion and Cheetos and Cool Ranch Doritos and Fritos. Like, you can like grab one. Um, and, then, and then they also have a couple of boxes of healthy alternatives that are untouched. I know they were getting it to, for themselves thinking, because it's like mostly women. <laughs> going we should you know have some healthy alternatives nobody touches them there's just absolutely not there's a box of almond flour crackers i see it it's right on top of the microwave that shit is not open they've got them there they're thinking of of other people and that's great but nobody's touching that shit they're like oreos are vegan baby you know so Anyway, that's where I'm recording this at. Uh, <laughs> just you know, playing around. Also, it's 74 fucking degrees in here. I, I can't imagine what the electric electric bill is for that co- this company. It's 74 degrees in half the warehouse. I do not work in that part of the warehouse, so this is uh, this is definitely a treat for me. Um. I have talked about in the past um, when I was trying to get clean and going to uh, some meetings that um, I had a, a, a sponsor who, and I picked him because he was like two year. was he one year clean? I think he was one year clean. And it was a big deal for him that after being clean for a year, he 
was able that he he either bought or started making payments he he had a he got a car and he hadn't had a car for a while and it was a really big deal and you could tell how excited it was for him and, and a milestone and it's real strange when you're in a place because I hadn't hit super rock bottom then um, so it didn't you know at the time I was like what's the fucking big deal guy but it is one of those things how a significant something that's most people would consider yeah you just you know it's just a thing that you're supposed to do but when you come from a certain place where you have nothing and you're bottoming out maybe you were homeless uh or whatever and then you all of a sudden you're stable and you're doing something and it's just just to kind of sit there and go holy shit i i did that and i had one of those moments because uh, the moment was is that uh, yesterday I was approved for a credit card for the first time in my life, which is the like so yeah, first time. My late forties, I get my first. I'm approved for my first credit card. Um, I've had a credit card one time before, and that was. Uh, I shared one in my first marriage and then when I got divorced I was gifted that card because it had the most money on it <laughs> naturally uh, by the way I deserved it it's you know I did the leaving uh, so so I, deal, I don't really count that I had a credit card but I never was approved for it I never applied for a credit card after that uh, when it, you know, after I ditched that card and everything, I never, I just was like, I'm never going to have a credit card, which wasn't really the, the smart, you know, I, I basically, I ducked out and it was great. You know, I ruined my credit, um, but I didn't use my credit for years. So when I finally came out of everything, and started acting like a functional human being again uh, when I got sober. It had been so many years since I even attempted to even look at my credit score that my credit score was actually better than it's ever been. Um, but still, like at even. It's like no credit history. So it's like, okay, well, you don't have bad credit. Good news. The bad news is you don't have any credit. So I don't know if I would ever approve you for anything maybe uh so this is a this was kind of a deal and i had to get a credit card because of the way uh when we're going uh on our official honeymoon slash one year anniversary in november my wife and i are going to rent a car and in order to be the driver of that car i've got to it's got to be my credit card or my name so I had to get a credit card so that she's like, well, I mean, I could use my credit card, but I, would you want me to drive? And I went, no. So, <laughs> uh, and, and she's like, yeah, I don't want to fucking drive. Get a credit card. 
uh, or see if you can. So I did. And um, so that sounds, they're like, you know, and I know some people are like, you don't, you know, the credit cards are evil, but they're not if you use it right. I saw a, a fucking speech with um, Frank Abagnale, uh, Abagnale, whatever. Uh, the uh, the guy from the the guy that uh, catch you catch me if you can is based on. He he was giving you know he gave this uh, this lecture. It's on YouTube about building building your credit about using a credit card and you know that every time you purchase with a debit card you earn nothing it does nothing for you every purchase you make with a debit card you don't get anything out of it whereas if you used a credit card and you made a purchase and then you just paid off that balance every month that builds towards something because that's the way the system works and stuff like that. And I heard, heard that and I'm like, well, I'm a little, I'm about 36 years too late on this shit. Like, it was just like, really? Fuck. I've been doing it wrong. Which is uh, something I've said a lot in my life. Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just a thing that comes up and I'm like, huh. So that's how you really do it. Interesting. How did I make it this far? Just in general, how did I ever make it? Mm. So it's, so it's, uh, and I, which was really weird because I had that anxiety, that whole, I don't want to apply for a credit card. I don't, oh, I don't, maybe I can put it off. And then I did it and it made me feel really good, which is weird, but it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like I accomplished something. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but it, I don't know. It's just, uh, it's just another one of those things that, uh, you know, oh, this is something I need to do and I did it and, uh, and it's something I've never done before and it's weird. It's, but that's the whole thing about getting in recovery when you've hit a low. It's just, it's little things that just, uh, you're like, oh shit. You know, it's like I'm driving again. That I, that I own a car, that I have a scooter. I have property, like I have things. You know, I have a, a job. I could apply for the credit card and use the term manager in there when they asked for occupation. And I'm like, warehouse manager. And I'm sure that flashed in the system. And like the keywords are, ooh, it's a manager. Let's approve this guy, stamp. Um, I don't know, but... Uh, that that uh, that ruled. Um, I've talked. I think I've talked about this one time before, um, but I'm going to bring it up again because uh, I was just thinking about it. Because my uh, my wife's been cleaning up around the apartment, uh, getting ready because we're going to move, and she is way prepared in advance. Like she's already painting like the accent walls back to like primer and uh you know boxing up stuff that we're not going to need and then having me take it to our like rented a storage unit to kind of store our stuff to make the move a little bit easier like really prepared like she's like i want to get this fuck out of here and i'm totally like yeah no i get it um 
because we're going to move to a town townhouse and it's a you know it's a two bedroom and the great the good thing about a townhouse is there's nobody above you and there's nobody below you so it's you know I love that but uh She's cleaning up, and it reminded me of the time that she did this deep cleaning of, of my apartment and found my quote-unquote drugs. Now, what it was, it was a tiny baggie of about one of those little tiny bags, and it had about one, and it was about one-fifth full of cocaine in it and clearly not mine it actually belonged to the roommate that I had who also no longer does coke this is how long it's been um, but he did at the time and uh, he apparently had it hidden in the very very top shelf of the bathroom like the bathroom cabinet where you can't really see it and she found it and she was concerned obviously that I was using again because also she had seen me messing with my nose a little bit and the reason that she saw me messing with my nose is because I hadn't changed the batteries in my nose hair clipper so it's not a good habit but I was just kind of picking at my nose hairs to be honest that, that week and <laughs> it's a bad habit um, you know I'm an older man I shouldn't be but you know it, it, it was bugging me so I was telling her I'm like yeah no here's really what I was doing and also that cocaine is at least six years old at the time it had to have been at least six years old that's if it was put there the week before my former roommate had moved out. Which means that it could have even been older than that. And it looked it. And uh, so I clarified with her. But it was... But it. what's funny about it is is that there's so many things wrong with that that, 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 pro- that not proves, but if you knew who I was when I used, that when I was just, you know going there's so many things that that points to that not being mine number one it's cocaine and not heroin so right there just no why would i waste my time with cocaine absolutely not number two there was stuff left i do not i would not have a hiding spot for drugs drugs gets consumed until there's no more drugs and then it's I gotta go get more drugs you don't have a stash that's not something that drug addicts do they don't stash their drugs and they're like alright I'll save that for later later? I'm a junkie I don't save it for later number three let's say I did stash it I did want to save it for later. I would not have it in the bathroom. Also, she found it when I was at work. I'd have that shit on me. I'm not going to hide it. 
hide it in the apartment. I'm going to hide it on me. Or it's going to be like hidden somewhere in my near, in the vicinity of me. If I'm going someplace, it's going with me. So, so many things that it's just like, this is definitely not. But I, I see her concerned. And I bring up that because of because I was thinking about that, but also because of her concern. Uh, because she was concerned again recently because I told her about this dumb dream that I had that involved, and the dumb part is this, it was me spending most of the dream trying to obtain heroin and then also trying to obtain needles in order to do the heroin. Both things apparently really hard to do in the dream world. And the, and the ridiculous part of it was me debating with myself in the dream about, man, do you really want to do, do you really want to do heroin again? You're going to ruin almost two months of clean time. Two months. So in my dream, I'm two months sober. I don't know if, if my subconscious thought, ooh, two months is not that long. That seems more reasonable to say fuck it. It's easier to say fuck it when you've only got 60 days under your belt. It's not 90. 90 is a hard... Uh, you know, milestone. Like I've gotten 30 days clean and sober several times. Gotten 60 days clean and sober a couple of times. Never had 90 days sober. But once. And then I kept it going to where now it's, you know, it's coming up in, what, 11 days, it'll be nine years sober. But 90 days is a big you know, milestone. So that's what I thought was, was kind of interesting because I've also, I've found that out about myself is that I have, I time travel in my dreams. I will, I'm a certain age. I go back certain age. I don't know if anybody else does that where in your, in the dream world, you can go back to, you know, in college, you know, what, what was your state of mind in college? Um, because I have, I've gone through several different lives and incarnations. Um, I was different in college than I was in, when I was in high school. Um, I was different, you know, it's, you know, there's, there's pre, there's kind of the rockabilly John who kind of turned into cowpunk John. And, you know, there's, there's, um, me up to when I got married the first time then I turned into a heavy barfly drinking guy uh, comedian and then you know then there was the, the milestone of, of flipping over from alcohol to heroin and being that guy and this kind of thing and you know it's but I go through I will those different phases pop up in my dreams so I can sometimes a lot of most of the times I dream you know I'm a you know it's a different person but sometimes I will just pop up in different phases of uh, time you know in the timeline of John 
in an alternate alternate universe, but in the in a back in a certain time. So that's what I kind of felt. That's what I thought it was so crazy. I was like, two months. That's so weird. But it concerned, and I say all that because it, it concerned her that I was having a using dream, which. I pointed out technically I wasn't using it all. I was just obtaining it. I never got around to doing it because that's how the dream world works. You don't have any fun. It's just a hassle. It's just all the hassle and all the hoops you got to jump through, but you don't have any fun. Keep trying to get like You don't get laid in your dream. You're just trying to. It's just, uh, you know, it's a, the dreams are a lot of blue balling. Um, that was technically but uh, i assured assured her that uh that using dreams don't you know doing drugs in your dreams doesn't necessarily mean anything and um it can freak some people out it 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 did me like early on but they just realize that it doesn't mean anything you know you come up and you know you're drinking again in one of your dreams okay I think it would be a concern is if you're having re- re- repetitive, like every night, if re- your recurring dreams are about getting fucked up again, then maybe at that point you might want to figure out what's going on. You're in a program, maybe talk to your sponsor about it. But uh, but the thing about it is, is that if you're having those recurring dreams it's not like if you're having a recurring dream that's fucking with you no matter what it is but some kind of stressful thing every time you you sleep i don't think it comes out of the blue i think it i think if you're getting fucked with about something you know what you're putting off in your head or you know what you're struggling with you're just not dealing with it. I don't think that the dream is going to be out of nowhere like, oh, something's not going right. Thank you, subconscious. You actually had a purpose for showing me the way that there's something that I need to correct. I don't think that's the thing. At least not for me. I think that if you're having, if you were having a recurring dream about doing drugs again and you're a sober person, you're in recovery, but it's starting to fuck with you like every day. I, I don't think it, it would be out of the blue where everything while you're awake, you know, your, your recovery is going great and you've got, re, you know, healthy relationships with everybody and everything is coming up, rose, you know, roses. Um, and then you go to sleep and it's, wah! Uh, I don't think that that's the case. I think that it would be pretty evident that you know something's up. And then this would just be a sign to reinforce what you already kind of know. I need to make some corrections with, you know, my mental health or with some kind of um, your process or with your lifestyle or you know, if it's if it's something you need to you know talk to your therapist about, or if you're going to your meeting, or an accountability partner, or you know somebody close to you that that you can talk honestly about stuff and go, oh, this is kind of bugging me. Um, so I think it'd be I think I think that I think it's not don't read into it. 
as much. But the one thing I would say, though, about that is that if you are living with someone or you're in a relationship with somebody or, you know, it has to do with family and you have a using dream, you don't have to hide it from people. But I, w- I wouldn't say, you know, don't lie. Don't hide, you know, not, not that you would have a small talk with somebody and go, you know, and they go, so do you have any dreams last night? Tell me about them. Nobody gives a shit about your dreams, but uh, it's don't burden somebody with the fact that you got fucked up in your dream last night. Oh, babe, you know how I wrecked the car uh, 17 times and then finally quit drinking? Well, I had a drinking uh, dream last night. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Maybe don't. It might cause some unnecessary worry because people who are not in recovery or who are not, yeah. Yeah, people who are not in recovery probably don't, they're not going to get some of the same things. You know, don't, no need to burden them with fear for you uh, just because of a stupid fucking dream. That doesn't mean anything. So don't let it get to you. That's what I've, uh, that's what I've kind of been thinking about. So, well, that's the, that's it. That's it for me this week, you guys. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate you joining me. Uh, any, uh, questions or communication that's, uh, not, um, goddamn negative, um, still sober pod at gmail.com. You can, you can email me there and contact me there. Otherwise I'll see you next week. This has been still sober with John Rabin later.